Whatever happened to the art of Whatever happened to the art of Whatever happened to the art of conversation? Hello everyone and welcome. I'm Michael Banks host of Leadership Luminaries, which is a People Smart production. My guest today is Victoria Feldman, Head of Learning and Development at Amazon, and she will be talking with me about using emotional intelligence to optimize inclusion and diversity in a multicultural world. Uh, first, a little bit about People Smart SAS. It's a global professional consulting firm that provides innovative learning solutions, both virtual and in person, to organizations in many countries, cultures, and languages, focusing on leadership and people development in the context of digital transformation, change management, culture change, and the increasing need for emotional intelligence. I told you it was just one big sentence. <laughs> it's quite a mouthful. Um, so <laughs> I want to briefly go through some information about Victoria before we get into the, the meat of the uh, conversation. Victoria Feldman is a distinguished multicultural speaker with a wealth of ex expertise in leadership development, employee development, and organizational transformation. Throughout her career, she's created top-notch talent and leadership development programs, leading to improved performance, engagement, and motivation in organizations. Her record of accomplishment includes working with leading technology and Fortune 500 firms such as Meta, PayPal, Visa, and Amazon, as well as early stage startups. Currently, Victoria is serving as the head of learning and development at Amazon, where she's entrusted with the task of establishing and overseeing a strategic framework for training, talent, and leadership development. It's a heck of a lot to be in charge of. Um, she's responsible for designing and implementing cutting-edge programs that cater to the development needs of employees across the organization. Victoria's vast experience, skills, and accomplishments make her a highly sought-after speaker and leader in the field of leadership development and organizational transformation. And Victoria lives in the San Francisco Bay Area. Um, which is uh, always, I always like to put the location of where people are. Uh, and I'm in uh, very cold Norwich, UK, whereas uh, mm -hmm. Victoria is obviously enjoying warmer climes. <laughs> I, just... I do. Yeah. Yes. All right. Great. So uh, with that said, welcome, Victoria. Um, thank you. We, we really are honored to have you on the show. Um, oh, I've... I Thank you for inviting me. Oh, you're very welcome. I mean, I've, I've uh, we've come across each other at the uh, odd conference or like the merit conference in various places. Um, I think the last time was were you at Lisbon? I think you were. No, I was in Paris during the pandemic, if you remember. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And in Barcelona, I yes, think it was two years after. Yeah. So uh, and I, of course, been unable to travel, so we've uh, haven't seen each other for quite a while. Um, the first question I want to ask you, Victoria, is how did you get into this field? What, what attracted you to do this work? <clears throat> yeah, so I'm how in the top of everything <laughs> you mentioned is that I'm I how I like to 
call myself as a serial immigrant. I, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I lived in five countries. I speak five languages. Uh, I lived in the Middle East, in uh, Europe, in the UK, and now I live in the US. Uh, traveled uh, for work also to Asia. And, and uh, I think that what attracted me the most is, I even before I knew about this term, I kind of had to adapt uh, when every time I'm in a new place and a new culture, um, I had to really up, uplift and dial up my self-awareness and social awareness and understand how my behavior is perceived by others and understand that if maybe their behavior is different than my culture and how I'm used to thinking and communicating, then it's just, I shouldn't take it personally. Then it's it's just the way people behave in a specific place or, or, or specific country. Um, and uh, I, it's only been recently at Amazon actually that I've been even more drawn to to that specific practice. We say emotional intelligence. Uh, we are uh, um, there. We have somebody that is founded the, the emotional intelligence movement at Amazon. He used to be uh, actually a, a pastor in a church, and he became oh. a AWS engineer. And uh, he he started this movement. He started doing the keynote discussions uh, all over Amazon uh, globally. We have million employees, and he drew many people to to that field. And today he has a whole program, a whole kind of learning journey around how to um, get uh, educated in emotional intelligence and practice it on a regular basis. And we are also a movement of emotional intelligence evangelists, quote unquote, where we uh, get certified and go deliver keynote discussions internally and externally on what emotional intelligence is and learning different tools to practice this every day and deliver it um, and, and kind of deliver it all over, uh, as I mentioned, that at internally and externally and and essentially making emotions, the goal is to have emotions work for you and not the other way around. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. Um, so you're an evangelist then? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm the first Jewish that became evangelist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, great. Well, thank you for explaining that. Um, I'm always fascinated. I think ultimately, you know, you you like me and when we're in this field we're in it because we want to help people um you know enhance the quality yeah. of their lives uh, there's so many positive outcomes that can come from great communication and uh, especially emotional intelligence i mean of, of all the skills uh, we look at around the world at the moment i wish i wish they were in more abundance at the highest levels it's a shame but they're not at the moment uh, we could teach them a few things. Um. <laughs> yeah, well, I think that I see it as not just a communication skill, but it's also um, self-regulation or self-management skill that will help uh, result in um, reducing stress and being more positive and boosting our grit 
increase connection with others and build resilience. So it's not just how we communicate, which is, of course, a very important aspect of it, but it's also how we deal with our emotions and how we make sure that emotions play for our benefit and uh, how we solve problems and how we influence people and how we build resilience and how we overcome obstacles and come out stronger uh, from those obstacles. So yeah. all these, all these skills that are essential for our, for our age, for 21st century, uh, emotional intelligence helps develop them. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, well, we won't get into the detail quite yet, although I must admit the next question could really gives you an opportunity to give some examples, right? At least one example. How does, how does AI apply to inclusion and diversity in a multicultural world? Can you give me an example or two? Yes. So inclusion and diversity uh, or, um, you know, or multicultural aspect is another layer of emotional intelligence. It makes it even more complex because uh, people, you know, there is a common belief that we are, our behavior is 50% nature, 50% nurture. Um, and uh, so 50% is how we are born, how we, uh, our, our D, uh, DNA, uh, our character, our kind of ingrained, uh, behavior that we're born with and 50% is nurture is the is our country that we uh, grew up in our value system our family um, uh, where we studied where we work and the behavior of people around us so this is what forms kind of the whole human behavior 50-50 and um, the cultural aspect it comes kind of as an additional layer of understanding what is the difference between my behavior and my beliefs and other people's beliefs and other people's behaviors? What is the difference between our communication style or leadership style? Um, and I can give an example. Um, uh, well, Erin Mayer in her book, The Culture Map, she, she has a really um, amazing book about how different countries, how different companies in different countries or different cultures work and how they interact with one another. So the way we give feedback, right? There's people and cultures and cultures that do, that give very direct feedback. And I happen to be from the three of these countries, Israel, Russia, and France, that are very direct, straight to the point, And they can tell you if it's negative, they can tell you straight away. And um, in the US, for example, uh, it's uh, people give feedback a very indirect way and they love to add something positive before they tell you the constructive feedback. So you have both of the aspects, even though our negativity bias will always <laughs> focus on the negative no matter what. <laughs> but still, you know, we want to kind of soften it up and, and make it more diplomatic. So uh, when we talk about emotional intelligence, uh, I want to know how I'm perceived by others. So if I'm Israeli and I come to the U.S. and I tell them directly, like, this is wrong, you know, your document is wrong. It has a lot of spelling mistakes, for example. The the author of this document might think, oh, my gosh, she 
she you know this is this is very negative uh we started with the wrong with the with the word wrong and and focusing on my spelling mistake it must be like complete disaster but if i was in the u.s and and you know adapting myself to the american culture i would say thank you for taking the time to write this document i know it took a lot of effort i appreciate all the research you've conducted um what do you think about the structure of the document uh, are there any things that we can improve uh, in the document? And then in the end saying, well, I've noticed a couple of spelling mistakes that we can improve. It's not a big deal, but it's important to make sure that we, um, you know, hand a very you know, structured and, and correct, uh, grammatically correct document. So let's meet again and, uh, and, and, and review this document when it's ready. <laughs> I recognize that having lived in the States for almost 30 years. I know. Right. Yeah. That's great. That's a good yeah. one. Nice role. And if it, if I was Israeli giving myself this duck, I would be like, oh my gosh, she's wasting my time. Just tell me. Just tell me where and what why do I need to improve in this document? You know? So, so it's it's just understanding the culture differences and bridging that gap. So that's where the aspect is coming from. Yeah, and I think that's great. Thank you for that. That was very entertaining. <laughs> um, I, I so, so relate to it. But uh, but but then uh, that's where I think the skill of a leader or a... Well, let's talk about leaders. I mean, the skill is to be able to um, ad adapt to the environment or the people that you're with, the culture you're with. So it doesn't mean to say that you end up copying the, the style or mannerisms or approach of the Israeli culture or the American culture. It means, though, that you... Uh, well, let me give you an example, and a very brief one, because this is really your show. Um, when I left university and I had to work with some really tough Jamaican kids up to the age of 21 in a, in a centre in South London that was like a, a, a trash can for, <laughs> they were escaping everyone, the teachers, the police, and, and they, it was a dangerous environment. Now, I didn't sort of suddenly put on a Jamaican accent, but I used my innate in, emotional intelligence to build a bridge, to build rapport, to, it's where the rapport building comes in. Um, which is something we could go, we haven't got time to go into more detail, but I know you know all about rapport and how to build rapport. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the whole mirroring thing, but you don't mimic, you just mirror. Um, and then, but but that's that's where the skill comes in, I think, because you have to know yourself to be able to make the choices about your behavior to do that. Yeah, I love that. I love that. It's it's so true. You have to know yourself to be able to make the choice of your behavior. Absolutely. And I want to continue it also yeah. by saying that you you can still be your authentic self and and at the same time adapt and build that bridge with others. And it's not about uh, like you said, mirroring or being behaving exactly like other people. Otherwise, it would look strange and <laughs> not natural. 
but it's about finding that uh, balance of staying your authentic self mm-hmm. and finding ways to uh, build bridges and connect with others that come from different cultures, different countries and think differently and, and, and they have different communication styles than yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I mean, I'll, I'll never forget going when I first moved to London and I went to the local pub and there was a, it was a big Italian community there. And all these Italian guys were around the table playing, a, um, you know, like a, a board game. I don't uh-huh. know what it was, but, And they would... I thought, oh my God, they're about to kill each other because they're going, <laughs> hey, yay, yay, yay. speaker. But, but, you know, their whole style was so not English. And I was initially, I was like, oh God, this is horrible. I'm going to be attacked soon. Um, but no, it, it wasn't the case. It's just the Italian way, you know? So, yeah, yeah, it's just there. Uh, it's countries that are more expressive, more outgoing, and will show uh, the emotions uh, kind of more openly. Yeah. And it's true that it might, it could feel awkward when we're in a workplace uh, with somebody that doesn't do that. When, uh, like in the UK, people are taught to kind of inter project uh, mostly the emotions. It doesn't mean that people don't have emotions. They absolutely do, but they just don't show them as openly as others. And we have to understand that there is no right and wrong. We shouldn't think that if somebody else is behaving differently, then they're wrong and I'm right. There is no, there is just understanding our differences and, and connecting and I can be right and the other person can be right. And it's all a matter of perspective and, and looking at this from that kind of angle of okay. how can we both be right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, Victoria. Um, at this point, I'm going to just uh, remind the audience that I'm talking to Victoria Feldman, who's head of uh, training and uh, development for Amazon globally. Okay. And uh, we're very happy. I'm very happy anyway that you're on the show. Um, Thank you. And uh, it's great to hear her, you know, based on her vast experience of working inside different cultures uh, and then applying emotional intelligence to how best to use the skills of VI to to be able to get along well with all kinds of people. I mean, and that make them feel good, include them, you know, respect them. Uh, critical. So, um but we've got to move on now because half an hour ain't a long time. Um, the next question is, what is the value of emotional intelligence in the context of teams? Yeah, in the context of teams. So, yeah, when we talk about uh, workplace, uh, we also need to understand kind of what are the first, what are the first, the four aspects of emotional intelligence that uh, KA created by Daniel Goldman, is the founder of emotional intelligence, is uh, self-awareness, uh, understanding uh, kind of how I am, uh, how I behave, what I feel at a certain moment, um, and what I'm going to do with that feeling is self-management, which is kind of actually the emotional regulation part, is how am I going to you know, if I'm angry, for example, how I'm okay. going to make a space and communicate that in a constructive way, or maybe not communicate it and, you know, 
find another outlet and and for example you get an angry email from your client uh, and uh, and you want to respond to it straight away and say that's not true and or something like that, right? I see you're laughing because maybe it's happening. Yeah, this happens to me. A few times. <laughs> so yeah, so the 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 self regulation is you know what? Take a break, create a space between yeah. stimulus and response, like Viktor Frankl would say, and yeah. uh, and you know go go for a walk, uh, drink some tea, talk to a friend, do something else, distract yourself from that. Yeah. And then go back to the email. And I can tell you that your response will be much, but million times better than uh, what and more effective than what it would be if you, um, you know, replied straight away. Um, and then the, the third aspect is social awareness. So it's understanding how other people think and feel and it's empathy, uh, compassion, to yeah. others, it's uh, the ability to put yourself in other people's shoes and understand their perspective. Um, and then the fourth uh, aspect or level is the relationship management, is yeah. coaching others, influ influencing others, developing the people that report to you as well and coaching them or managing your stakeholders, uh, selling to your clients, <laughs> um, uh, and you know, convincing them that your approach is is the right one, and in spite if they if they push back, so knowing when to disagree with people and how to do it in an effective way. So when we talk about teams, we have to you know take all these four out aspects into consideration, and you know when there is conflict, develop emp develop empathy to other people and putting yourself in in their people's shoes and and uh, and and up until the ability to actually influence um your your team members your stakeholders if you have different opinions on a shared goal yeah so all these uh, four layers uh, go into uh, kind of consideration or have to be accounted for when you work together as a team or or when you manage a team Absolutely. And I think, you know, in a way, what you've just said about teams and managing and leading teams is you can also, it's just sort of almost like a microcosm of the macro in society in general, which is yeah. the, the beauty of emotional intelligence is you can apply it to multiculturalism and inclusion. And also you can do, to use it in the context of a team, which may just be 10 people. You know, exactly. Um, to be able to do work with the team and also then go out into the world and, you know, I don't know. I'm trying to think of an example, uh, but I yeah, can't. I can give you. I can yeah. give you actually an example. And yeah, and by the way, I'm I'm leading learning and development for one of Amazon's verticals. Amazon, you know, it's a huge company. We have uh, AWS. We have Amazon.com. We have devices, and I'm working with one of uh, kind of Amazon verticals. Uh, it's called special projects. So it's kind of new, different new special projects. Yeah, and um, yeah. So not for all Amazon yet. How <laughs> I like to say it, yet, but well, um, uh, I can give you an example. So yes, one of my um, uh, roles at Amazon, and there was a, a one of my stakeholders came to me and said. Uh, uh, and and this was kind of not just within this vertical; it was in with 
other teams uh, is that, uh, you know, we have people that just don't get along. They just don't understand each other. They, you know, working on a specific project or a specific solution. And it's like hundreds of people that work. Some people work in product, some people work in design, some people work in uh, development, and some people are software. And, you know, how different, like in any company, different teams come from their own background, from their own way of doing things. And, uh, and, and people just don't really understand each other, don't always get along, and it impacts the effectiveness of the work, uh, it impacts their success, it impacts um, their productivity uh, and their well-being at work. So what I did is uh, we divided into uh, kind of cross-functional teams. Uh, we, we have mixture of different representatives of uh, different kind of uh, roles, and we build empathy map for a specific role that we have. So we had the empathy map for somebody that does product, empathy map for a design team, empathy map for user experience, empathy map for developers, empathy map for quality, et cetera, et cetera. And um, it was really effective. Like people uh, like got assembled together and talked about, okay, for example, right, I have a product, ma- like we're doing an empathy map for product manager. So what do they hear? What do they uh, say? What do they think? What do they feel? Uh, and it really helped everyone to put themselves in the shoes of a product team. And then they said, yeah, probably they get a lot of pressure mm-hmm. and they need to deliver really fast and they work in a very ambiguous environment and they don't know what the outcome and uh, et cetera. And, uh, and lots of, lots of, lots of kind of these uh, aspects that they didn't think of it because they only saw it from the lens of their direct communication with that team. But that exercise of empathy mapping uh, that helped them to really put themselves in the shoes of, uh, of, of the other person and think about what they hear, what they uh, say, what they feel, what they think, and then talk about what their pain, what are their challenges, what their gains are, like how did their success look like. And then I ask them to say, okay, what will you change moving forward when you interact with that person? So uh, there was a lot of amazing insights saying, like, I'm going to take more time to understand their context, or I'm going to make make sure that I ask them for things in advance instead of last moment. And I'm going to, you know, not take it personally if they say no. Uh, you know, so, so many amazing insights came out of this exercise. And um, so this is one example, how you can apply emotional intelligence in the context of teams. It's a very good example. I really like I've never heard of an empathy map, but actually it makes total sense. It, it is, uh, and I, I, it was very real for me when you were explaining it, because that is very powerful when you get to, I'm a great believer in seeing more than just the, the, the sort of the narrow band of, of what is of the impact that someone else has on you without knowing other stuff about them. You know, like you said, like their conditions, what sort of pressure are they under? Um, and to, to build that understanding that comes from having more information about them. Um, that's really great. 
I, we're just going to wrap up soon, unfortunately. So um, I've got a. What would you What would you say currently, uh, Victoria, is your biggest challenge in your role um, over the next year or two? Yeah, uh, I think that my biggest challenge right now, and it's I'm not going to tell you unfortunately anything new. A lot of learning professionals uh, deal with that challenge. I feel I feel like this day and age is how to do more with less. Yeah. How to optimize and scale and yeah. and and be cost effective and <laughs> minimize waste uh, when you uh, launch learning uh, initiatives and learning programs. Uh, you know, we're we're dealing with, you know, re now with the economy, you know, macroeconomy recession and and um, high prices and uh, two wars that are probably going to impact um, the whole world and the whole world economy. And we have, unfortunately, less resources to uh, to be ambitious. Like we still want to be ambitious, yeah, but no, we, we want to find uh, the best way to optimize um to optimize it so what i can recommend uh, is you know how we how i tackle it is uh using developing a lot of things internally or using like really really smart you know great experts like people smart experience to help you drive this strategy and, and and enable you to find the most effective and efficient way to still be ambitious and still meet your goals and and do more with less. So, you know, if you want to, yeah, I guess that's my kind of advice that if you have a budget, so I would spend it on kind of the strategy and find ways to um, deliver it and, and uh, or or parts of it or deliver parts of it uh, internally. So optimize. This is how I personally try to optimize costs. Yeah, big challenge. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It is unfortunately we still have a high demand and right a lot of expectations, but uh, less resources. Right. Well, um, yeah, and that's part of the. The thing about being creative with the resources you've got or finding others like dele delegating things or, you know, and so on. Um, so, look, uh, we're out of time and I'll get ticked off if I've gone over 30 minutes, which we have. But there's one other question that I'd like to ask you, Victoria. Is there a final message or thought that you'd like to leave the audience with? Yeah, final thought and uh, audience is that emotional intelligence is a practice. It's like a muscle that you develop and everybody. So it's not just if you think that, okay, I listen to a video or, or, or a training and that's it. I'm great at emotional. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's like a practice that we all learn. And and I don't know if you can ever be perfect on it, but you can definitely continuously perfection your skills. So it's like going to the gym, right? And it's not if, if one time you go to the gym, that's it. You're going to be uh, like Schwarzenegger. <laughs> it's it's, uh, 
It's <clears throat> continuously going uh, on a regular basis and eating protein or healthy food and exercising different parts of your body. That's what will make you, you know, look muscly and healthy. So the same thing with emotional intelligence. It's practicing it on a regular basis, trying and failing and not being scared to fail, trying different things, learning in different ways, reading books, uh, interacting with others, going to training. This is what will really help you um, be more effective and more impactful, not only in the workplace, but in life. True. It's true. I've uh, been coaching people whose their family life has changed to the better, um, even though I'm, I'm coaching someone who's in the business, you know. But, Victoria, this has been wonderful. I'm really, really grateful to you for spending some time with me and for sharing your knowledge. Um, how can people get hold of you um, if they want to contact you for any reason, like if they want you to be a speaker or um, something like that? Oh, great. I have uh, uh, my LinkedIn uh, that I'm very active on. Mm-hmm. So, And I also have a website that they can reach out to me. Uh, it's uh, Feldman, www.feldmanvictoria.com. So yeah. you can learn more about um, about me as as a as a professional, and um, yeah, I'm happy to to talk to anyone and, and and brainstorm or mentor or speak or anything. Always always happy to to meet new people and like minded uh, individuals. Victoria, thank you very much. I really do appreciate you coming on this podcast and you'll enjoy the uh, the recording i'm sure thank you thank you whatever happened to the art of, whatever happened to the art of, whatever happened to the art of conversation